Welcome back to the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning Podcast, episode number 70. Today, we're going to take a closer look at applying self-regulation to move to higher levels of consciousness and results with David R. Hawkins' Power Versus Force book to analyze the hidden determinants of human behavior. My name is Andrea Samadhi, and if you're new here, I'm a former educator who created this podcast to bring the most current neuroscience research along with high-performing experts who've risen to the top of their field with specific strategies or ideas that you can implement immediately to take your results to the next level. Today, we're taking a closer look at human behavior. The past four episodes, we've touched on identifying paradigms or habits that we want to change and some ideas on how to change them with episode number 67, where we took a deep dive into the most important lessons I learned from Bob Proctor's seminars, and then episode 68, The Neuroscience of Personal Change, with a deep dive into Dr. Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I've received the most feedback about these two episodes out of all the episodes we've done in the past year, so thank you for everyone who listened, sent me messages about what you learned from the awareness and application of these past two episodes. When writing these lessons, they often take many different turns and directions, and you never know where they'll turn out. So I'm glad to hear that they've been helpful. I do know that we can still go a bit deeper into looking at human behavior with some serious introspection that will improve our self-awareness as we take serious inventory of what's working in our life and what's not working. When I first heard the term paradigm, when I was working with Bob Proctor in the late 90s, it took me a few years to understand what he was talking about. Then it took me a few more years to figure out what paradigms weren't serving me. Then, after writing them down and staring at them, it took me a few more years to decide I was going to change a couple of them at a time. We all have paradigms that are working for us, so we'll want to keep those and be aware of the ones that are preventing us from reaching those higher levels of achievement. If you want to identify your paradigms, positive and negative ones, take out a piece of paper and write out all of the behaviors that you do habitually. You'll be able to identify your habits that are working for you. They'll be the ones that are helping you to produce better results in your life and the ones that are not working for you. They're the ones that hold you back. Circle the habits that are not working for you and pick one or two that you want to change. I suggest reviewing episode number 35, how to use your brain to break bad habits, as I go into detail here on how to substitute bad habits for more productive ones with brain science in mind. For the next 90 days, you'll focus on changing just one habit, and this takes discipline. It will take the ability for you to give yourself a command and follow it. For example, if I wanted to switch this habit for a new one, like maybe you want to stop drinking coffee, so you substitute coffee for hot lemon water, let's say, in the morning. If you really want to stop the old habit, you'll be ready to make this switch. I want to give a shout out here to Mandy Kruckeberg. I've been following her on Facebook and she's been following the podcast and giving us lots of shout outs as the episodes are progressing along. She's a social worker and I recently saw her post on her Facebook that she's on day one of cutting out coffee in her diet and she did it by replacing the habit she wanted to change, the coffee, 
was something that made her feel better by drinking cinnamon tea. So when I was writing this episode, she was on day three of this habit change, and the longer she keeps this up, the more likely it will be that this habit change will be a success as her brain will lock into the new neural pathway she's creating. She applied discipline to achieve the results that she was looking for. So awesome work, Mandy. There are also tools that you can use to log the days that you're successful with your habit change. I use the 100 days to habit worksheet to cross off my successful days and notice when I go off track so that I can get myself back on track. And I put that tool in the show notes. But what happens if you really want to change a behavior and you try and you just can't? If you've put all your effort into change and you're still struggling, I suggest reading John Norcross's book, Changeology. It's five steps to realizing your goals and resolutions because millions of people around the world have met with success through his plan. If you're still not having success with changing a behavior and you just can't stop the habit for two weeks on your own, after two weeks you really should lose interest in the habit, then we're crossing into the field of addiction. And this is where I'm not an expert, and there are entire podcasts based on this topic that you can tune into. But since human behavior is predictable, and addiction is not difficult to miss, it's just difficult to acknowledge and take the steps to change. This current coronavirus time will magnify something like this as there's nowhere to hide while we're all on quarantine. People with addiction can be extremely high functioning like we see with celebrities who have to go through these challenges in the public eye. It's very clear that the first lesson here is that we can't change other people's behaviors since our brains are all wired differently. We can only change our own habits, but we can gain understanding and awareness that can help point others and ourselves towards finding our own way. But how do we know if we have an addiction and we need more specialized help? This will be apparent if you cannot stop the habit that you want to stop on your own and the habit is preventing you from reaching your highest levels of achievement. If there's something you're doing that's giving you poor results and you keep doing it anyway, you'll know what it is. There'll be no question in your mind and the key will be whether you decide to do something about it or not. On July 4th, I was fortunate to be near my favorite mountain in the Phoenix area and hiking this mountain is always at the top of my agenda. When I was starting out, it was still dark. It was around four in the morning and I noticed a large group of men in a circle and they were prepping for their hike and stretching. I couldn't really see anything except for their silhouettes against the rocks, but I could tell these guys all looked like they were in shape and I was guessing that they were a sports team meeting for some kind of training the way that they were interacting. They said some sort of prayer or something before they started and then they all took off like a rocket. For this hike, the starting stretch is the most difficult. These guys left me in the dust. And I asked two of the guys that were near me, are you guys all a part of a sports team or something? And they replied, kind of, we're all recently out of a rehab program. This made sense to me now as this mountain will open your eyes to how you're showing up in life. If you aren't sleeping well, you'll fade at the beginning. If you haven't been treating your body well, it will be a rough hike. After the first few hills, you see it all the time. The ones who are being good to their bodies will keep their pace and keep plowing forward and the rest will fall behind. On my way down, I passed the guys that I spoke with at the start 
They started out strong, and now they seriously look like they were about to die. I asked, hey, what happened? I had seen the rest of their team celebrating at the top, and these guys were nowhere near the finish line. They both looked at me. Then they looked down at the ground, and they said, while smoking a pack and a half of cigarettes a day is going to need to stop. The mountain never lies. Either do the stairs when the elevator is broken. We all know the bad habits that interfere with our daily life, just like these two guys knew that it was smoking that prevented them from staying with the rest of their team. Self-awareness is the key, but sometimes it takes something like this to kick us into higher gear to do something about this awareness. Another helpful tool is David R. Hawkins' book, Power Versus Force, The Hidden Determinants of Human Behavior. This book taught me more about human behavior and why people do what they do than anything I've ever heard before. And I wasn't surprised to hear that Dr. Wayne Dyer said that this book was perhaps the most important and significant book he had ever read. This book has helped so many people with addiction to get to the root cause of it. If you ask any addict about their behavior, and they're at the point where they're not hiding it anymore, they will talk about the shame and the guilt that they feel about it. They want to break that cycle. So this is their work to heal their past and move upward on the map of consciousness. I've provided this map in the show notes that David Hawkins created to show that different emotions we have are like radio stations or frequencies that when we're tuned into certain emotions or levels, We're thinking thoughts at this level and operating from this level. Any emotion at the level of 200, let's say, or above, like courage, willingness, and acceptance, are constructive expressions of power, showing us that true power comes from within. While the lower frequencies, anything under 200, he explains, are destructive for the individual and society. Think about people in a position of leadership. True leaders know they cannot apply force to get their team to do the things that they want to do. True leaders inspire loyalty, not fear, using the higher levels of the map of consciousness. It's interesting to look at where anger sits on this chart, since we might think that anger is a destructive emotion, but it's quite a way up from guilt or shame. If you're in a place of leadership, you can use this map to predict human behavior and it can be so useful and helpful. You can use these ideas to walk into a room and assess where the people you are leading are operating from without being judgmental. If someone is angry about something, there's no need for you to react to this person and get upset about their anger. You just need to find a way to encourage them to move up the scale perhaps by talking to them and looking for a solution to what they might be angry about. This map can really help you become more self-aware, have more belief in yourself and your own abilities, and help you to understand others. And you'll want to inspire people with your example, which is by using power, never force. Take a look at where you sit on this map and strive for higher levels of consciousness with self-regulation techniques. Neuroscientist Stephanie Fay, she was on our episode number 39, using neuroscience to improve our mindset, self-regulation, and awareness. She just recorded a podcast called Mindset, Micro-Movements, and Super-Regulators, where she talks about how we can become better at self-regulating to move up the map of consciousness intentionally. Regulation, Stephanie explains, is everything we do to feel better, and this is relative to each person. 
She explains that there are two types of self-regulation. There's conditional self-regulation, which is bottom-up, where we use things that are external, like television or phones, to regulate ourselves. Or top-down, which is unconditional, where we use our mind and our body to access a sense of inner well-being, like through mindfulness, meditation, focused awareness, or visualization. We can also co-regulate with our connection to others. We can do this conditionally, which would happen if we're physically present with people, or unconditionally by using visualization where we can actually draw people up in our mind for a regulating effect. We are not born with this ability, so we must learn how to do this. Some people she calls super regulators have become really good at this skill and can help others to climb up the scale to self-regulate, co-regulate, and access a higher awareness of their own possibility for well-being, growth, and evolution. People in leadership roles should develop the skill of a super regulator as they can model the way for other people to improve this use of their prefrontal cortex, the thinking and the decision-making part of their brain, but they'll need to be aware of what they're doing. Since humans are the only species who have this ability, we must model this for others to keep building a better brain and life and help others to reach up the scale of human consciousness. Stephanie does have a master class on developing the skills to be a super regulator, where you can learn specific strategies to gain a sense of power with your well-being by using biological signals in your body to help you to solve problems that you might be facing. A fascinating part of our podcast, she talks about habit breaking, and she takes it a step deeper when adding in the knowledge of the brain to this practice. Think back to where I had you write out all your habits on a piece of paper and you circled the negative habits that you want to break. Now go back to the habits that you want to break and write out the micro movements that you take before doing the habit. For someone who wants to break the habit of drinking coffee, the micro movement would be grabbing a hot cup of coffee, smelling the coffee before you take a sip. So take a minute to identify the micro movements that you do in front of each of the habits that you want to change. There's a muscle memory involved here. So to break the habit, you'll need to be aware of breaking that micro movement by doing something different. Instead of reaching for what it is that you do to feel better, break it up and go for a walk instead. Take a brain pause. Think, slow things down and be intentional about the new habit that you want to create. The more we can slow things down, the better we will become at breaking our habit loops. We'll meet with success when we're able to practice giving our brain what it wants. Our brains seek novelty, and this new awareness will propel us forward and up the scale of consciousness where our results will be heightened. When looking for solutions to feel better, Stephanie Faye suggests to find answers from within your own body with this new sense of awareness. Learn to tune into yourself, build up your self-awareness, and practice listening to what you might be thinking or feeling to break that habit loop of mindlessly staring at your phone or whatever escape strategy you're using. With practice, we can all take the steps to connect with ourselves mindfully, take a pause, and rise up the levels of David Hawkins' map of consciousness where our results will soar. Just a quick review. Number one, to identify your habits or paradigms, whether positive or negative, take out a piece of paper and write out all the things that you do habitually. Number two, 
Circle the habits that hold you back from accomplishing your goals. Number three, write out the micro movement that you take before you do this habit that you want to change. Number four, pause the next time that you're about to repeat the bad habit. Number five, to change this habit, you'll want to replace the bad habit with something new, something positive that doesn't hold you back from the results you want to attain. And number six, watch yourself rise up David Hawkins' map of consciousness when you're able to practice self-regulation. Number seven, if you want to help others to regulate, you can learn more about being a super regulator from Stephanie Fay's masterclass. And number eight, practice being kind and forgiving to everything and everyone, including yourself at all times without exception. And strive for the power emotions that are at the 200 and above level, which is courage and above versus destructive emotions 200 and below from power versus force. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and these episodes are helping you to think differently about yourself, the social and emotional side of you with your brain and mind, the cognitive side. Once you have these new insights and have opened up your awareness, you'll want to start taking action on these ideas that come to your mind. It's the action, integrating these ideas into your behavior that will change the results in your life. See you next week. If you're enjoying the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episodes. While you're there, please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit us at www.achieveit360.com.